Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. Today, Cassie Hardin-Scott is back on the show. You may remember her from episode 23 with Rusty Hornig-Rohan and episode 42 with the rest of the Global Autism Project staff. As our Director of Outreach, Cassie works closely with our international partners to help spread autism awareness and acceptance in their communities. She also designs all of our organization's branding to make sure our messaging is consistent across our programs. In today's conversation, we discuss why logos are important, different iterations of the Global Autism Project's branding over the years, the puzzle piece controversy, Cassie's creative process designing our new logo and the meaning behind it, and two upcoming series of this podcast led by Molly and Cassie. In this episode, discover what's possible when curiosity sparks creation. To learn more about Cassie and her work, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our online community at community.globalautismproject.org. And now I present you Cassie Hardin-Scott. Hi, Cassie. Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be back. Many of our listeners might already know who you are, but just in case, could you briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Cassie. I'm the Director of Outreach at Global Autism Project. All right. And as the Director of Outreach, I know you have many responsibilities, but one of them includes making sure our messaging and our branding is consistent across all of our programs. That way, the mission of our work is clear to the public. They have a specific understanding of who we are as an organization. And included in this is also our image, right? So our logo. And you've been involved in the development of our logos over the years. And I say logos because we've had different iterations of it, at least yeah. since I've been involved in the last four years. So first, before we get into that, let's talk about why a logo is important in the first place. Yeah, logos are powerful. There's a reason that every organization has one. It's one of the first steps that businesses and organizations take when they, you know, aside from filing their paperwork and becoming an official business, organizations create their logo or have have their logo designed. And it's not as simple as it may sound. It's not just icons. Over the years, I'm sure you can even imagine brands that resonate with you that, you know, feel like nostalgic and brands that inspire memories within you. And it all comes down to a logo or a motto or some kind of simple representation of that organization. It's small. It's something that's put on letterhead. It's something that's put on boxes. It's something that is small and mighty and meant to 
speak to the values and actually evoke feelings and emotions in people. So yeah, over over the years, we've had a few various ones because as an organization, just like humans, we're humans working in an organization serving humans. So we naturally evolve and change and shift and grow. So our logo has done that as well. Yeah. Wow. There's so much involved that you just wouldn't really think about that's kind of subconscious in a way, right? Like the way that you're saying that it evokes feelings and stuff like that happens all the time, but you're just not really aware of it. Yeah. Even font choices that are meant to make you feel softened and comforted versus fonts that are designed to make you feel empowered, even fonts that are left, leave you feeling curious or inquisitive. There's, you know, school logos that are playful and interactive and colorful. And there are corporate logos that are clean and direct and full of straight lines and to the point, you know. So even though we may not be aware of it, some of us are that play in this world of branding and logos and creative. But the general public, we have no idea why certain images make us feel certain things, but there was definitely intention behind every piece of it. Mm -hmm. So could you talk about what our initial logo looked like and then why we decided to shift over the years? Yeah, it's funny. Our first logo, Molly, our founder and CEO, she designed that with the help of an artist and it, it has not been seen a lot, but it's two hands coming together across the world. It's playful it's illustrative and it's the same colors. We've got some nice, I can give you the hex codes, but we've got some nice <laughs> blues and periwinkle and purple. And those colors were really Molly's favorite colors. So periwinkle kind of being the heart of it, which periwinkle is a softening. It's meant to make people feel calm. It's meant to make people feel at ease versus like a red, right? So periwinkle has been our color throughout for the past 19 years. That first logo, which is really fun, was kind of a playful, not a perfect circle. It had some, you know, misshapen, so like the earth, and then two hands coming together, reaching across where maybe two continents would be. And and even, you know, you can go deep down the path of it's, you know, the hand, one is placed in the Northwest hemisphere and the other is placed in the Southeast hemisphere. It's fully representative of the entire world and this coming together and in humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the first logo. The next one is probably the one most people have seen where those hands became puzzle pieces and they were representative similarly coming together, continents coming together to create a whole. That was an initial vision. What's interesting is the puzzle piece took off as a representation for autism once Autism Speaks was created and they were highly focused on awareness. But the Global Autism Project had the puzzle piece. It was a a symbol of autism early, early on before Autism Speaks made it their primary feature. Hmm. But that's why we had the puzzle piece was early on it was a symbol for representation and a symbol for pieces coming together. And it it had a slightly different context in in the beginning. So our logo had, again, that world that was slightly misshapen, a little playful, very illustrative with two puzzle pieces. Again, different hemispheres, 
I don't know if that was intentional when it was initially designed to be wholly inclusive of the entire planet. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, that's that's how it read. Which is an interesting point. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. But just because with art and different people's interpretation of it, it could be really interesting how some people might read that differently. Yeah, absolutely. And it's meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of people don't know this. I, I stumbled into this field in a wonderful way. And I love, I love where I am now. And I have a bachelor's degree in fine art and art history. So my, my college experience you know, I'd go in for final exams and they told us to bring three blue books. I don't think the young kids even use the blue books anymore, but <laughs> handwritten exams. Mm-hmm. And they would just put up an image that we had never seen before. It was called an unknown. And my job was to write essays about this unknown. And whether it's right or wrong, if my argument was sound, I got an A. You know, if I was able to back my argument about who I think did it, what I think their intentions were, what I'm getting from it, then that was, you know, me succeeding in in everything I'd been taught. So now naturally through life and through this role with the Global Autism Project, I'm seeking out meaning behind imagery everywhere. So the logo conversation has been fun for me. And the interesting conversation around the puzzle piece has, I've been very engaged in the conversation, I think from day one just trying to learn and understand people's interpretation. Mm -hmm. Right. And at that point of the organization's history, were we getting any feedback about the puzzle piece yet? No, not much. That's been pretty recent in the past few years. Okay. I think with awareness initiatives globally and various organizations taking on the puzzle piece, it kind of created some questioning of what what role the puzzle piece played. Is it trying to show that there are missing pieces? Is it trying to show that something doesn't fit? Is it trying to show that something's not complete? And I am also curious about that. What Where did the shift come in? What was the initial intention? Who was it created by to represent whom? There's always a history with imagery. And I find it fascinating and something to be looked at and not to be pushed away or ignored, but to just be curious about. And our organization luckily has the same values that we, we don't really live in a a realm of yes and no or right and wrong. We're curious. So Mm -hmm. we've been curious about the puzzle piece. And I think since the conversation started, And since it has picked up and there have been some very real arguments and conversations for and against it, we've just been listening and engaging and asking more questions. What did happen with the puzzle piece that I think has been good and powerful in the world is it has created awareness in parts of the world where there wasn't any. We work internationally, and this has been part of the challenge we have faced ongoing in trying to figure out what our logo should be and what it should say. We're working in countries where there's no local word for autism, when there's no doctors diagnosing, when there are no resources on the continent, then there is a place, I think, for awareness. And awareness, as we know with, I mean, many different 
brands and organizations and companies, a logo, a symbol is what spreads awareness rampant. Now, it depends on what the message is that's tied to that image. So internationally, our partners have expressed that the puzzle piece has been really good for their community, that it's making people ask questions and it's giving people the feeling of community when they see it. They're finding other people that are in the community with a loved one or they themselves have autism. And I think there's something good to look at and interesting to consider around the community and awareness that it has brought about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very complex issue Yeah, when you look at the bigger picture. Mm. So after that logo that, uh, I think it was the organization's logo for the longest time so far. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's been the, the logo for probably 15 years. Okay. And then yeah. after that one, there was conversation around shifting to something else, right? Could you walk us through that? Yeah. So we had an amazing organization work with us and mock up a few different logos. This was probably four years ago. We knew at that point that we wanted to step away from the puzzle piece and we wanted to grow up a bit. And what I mean by that is when we initially started, our logo was playful and fun and childlike. And as an organization, and that worked then, we were working mostly with teachers serving small children with autism. As an organization, we've changed, we've shifted, and we're now working with a lot of adults. We have a lot of autistic self-advocates that are professionals that are working alongside us, creating our programs, running things with us. The schools we work in are not specifically serving young children anymore, which is an amazing thing. We've, I think we've played a, a role in helping you know, with that awareness piece, get some services in place throughout the lifespan. And a lot of the countries where we work, our partners have created incredible programs for adults, internships, job opportunities, things like that. So we wanted to create a logo that represented something that was a little more all-encompassing, a little more for kids and also for adults. And at the end of the day, we're working with entrepreneurs, we're working with business leaders, we're working with autistic professionals. Those are the people we're directly working with. They're working with children. So it, it made sense for us to clean it up, grow it up a little bit. And so we had, we did land on a logo. And as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, that some logos make you feel nostalgic or remind you of something. It just kept reminding everybody of some other logo <laughs> it was a triangle and there were pieces coming together to kind of move in a direction. It was powerful imagery. We loved it. And as we kind of started showing it to others, we got feedback that it reminded them of, of something else. And so we shifted again. We asked a lot of people. We talked to the autistic community within our network. We talked to our international partners. We talked to the families and parents that we've worked with over the years and the feedback we got at that time was that the puzzle piece was still really important internationally so that people could recognize if they're looking for services or looking for support in their country and they don't you know know where to go that they could see a logo that had the puzzle piece and know that was for them so we went back to the puzzle piece for a moment and that was kind of a 
we went back to the world. It was now fully, um, you know, a nicely shaped world. We had one continent coming over the horizon and that continent was shaped like a, a puzzle piece. So we no longer had puzzle pieces coming together across the world. We had one reaching over the horizon. It kind of was meant to symbolize what's on the other side, what is beyond what we can see, what what is beyond what we can imagine. And that I thought was really powerful as well. And that served us for a little while. And then we paused again. And now, now that brings us to kind of where we are today. Right. Which is interesting because that logo, the one you're talking about is like the half circle. Mm-hmm. We sat on it during the pandemic. Yeah. Which I think also reflected where we were as an organization and trying to redefine ourselves and what our overall mission is, which hasn't really changed. And we could talk about that also, but for me, it felt kind of like a placeholder. Right. It was like, okay, let's just have something until we can figure out what we're doing until we can, you know, get out and lockdown when we can see our partners again, when we can actually start running our programs. And so that brought us to this year, earlier this year, right? And we brought the logo conversation back on the table, which was exciting because we were sending teams back out in February. So it was a moment when I think we were ready to kind of redefine ourselves. Yeah. So this logo, you actually designed yourself. Yes, I did. We got to a point where we had you know, too many cooks in the kitchen is a good thing a lot of the times for us. And we got to the point where we were just saturated with people's ideas and feedback and thoughts. And I think to your point about we sat on that that logo for a while, I think it was because ultimately it was created out of a desire to answer what everybody said they wanted. So it was like a subtle puzzle piece, but also a puzzle piece, but not super recognizable at first glance. And, you know, it felt like a dance around what we wanted to say. Mm -hmm. So Molly and I had a conversation and she said, Cassie, you know, you design all of our stuff, just have a go at it, see what you come up with. And I sat with it for a while and I went back through, it was really fun for me. Nobody else was really involved in the process, but my creative process was that I went back and looked at our organization We have focus guides, you know this, Rachel, but for our listeners, Mm -hmm. we have focus guides that we create every year that helps our team kind of look at where we're going, what we're determined to accomplish this year, what each department's working on. And in that, we have our organizational values as well as our mission and vision. And I went all the way back and I looked at who we were seven years ago when I started. We didn't really have values written out. It was like five values. We're a smaller team. We had like four partners at that point. And I looked all the way back and then just through the growth and change and from going from four partners to, you know, 14 and going from five team members to 50 around the world and having our values go from five buzzwords essentially to a set of like 12 values that I remember creating, we all created them together. We sat around and wrote down, who are we? What do we stand for? Not who do we want to be? Not who do we wish we were? But it was like, who are we? 
And so looking at those values, I designed a really simple, yet it felt very mighty to me as I made it, new logo. And that's what we're running with now. And when I revealed it to the team, everybody also felt, I think, the same. We were all like, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah, it felt right. Well, before we go into what it means, could you just describe what it looks like? Yeah, it'd be hard for me to describe what it looks like without the meaning. But yeah, essentially... Oh, well, you can go ahead and mix it in. Yeah, okay. It's a box. It's a rectangular with a simple thin line. In the box, there's the words global autism, and they're positioned at the bottom. And there's this curious space above. There's like negative space, I guess. And I'm calling it curious space. It's a space for exploration. It's a space that, for me, allows movement and allows your eye to explore even. Leaves you wondering what's supposed to go there. And so global autism at the bottom. And then just under the A and the U in autism is an opening. And just beneath the opening is the word project in a slightly less bold font. So yeah, and that's it. There's no there's no puzzle pieces, there's no hands, there's no globe. It's a container to be explored. And there's an opening on the outside of that box, on the outside of the boundaries is the word project. And project for us as an organization has meant and continues to mean creation and possibility. And our vision being to to create a world where everyone can thrive and reach their potential no matter where they're born. I think that we achieve that in that that space of the project that's outside of the container when we go through that opening. The container being a powerful space for exploration and curiosity. And when you break outside of that, that you can really step into possibility and creation. Yeah. And it's so clean looking. It looks professional. It's minimalistic. I love it. Yes, to the point. Yes. And relating it back to our vision, our mission, it makes sense in that a lot of our work is supporting entrepreneurs, is supporting people who serve. Mm-hmm. We don't, we've never really worked directly with the children. We have a community of self-advocates that we support, but we're not providing services for them. Right. We're providing a container. Yes. And that's that global autism box is that we are the container for curiosity, for exploration, for connection, for community. All of those things happen in that space. And there is a outlet on the other side of that space that gives way to creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's this feeling of outside of that box, think outside of the box, that kind of exactly. creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, it's bit of a juxtaposition really because it's like an invitation to be in the box as long as you need to be in it and in this box there's space for curiosity and exploration and it's a place where you can be who you are and it's a place where you can say what you are thinking and you won't be made wrong and you won't be challenged you'll be asked questions people will be curious in that space so 
you know, I think for me, the box was meant to represent both sides. One is that, you know, it's like a bumper sticker, like think outside the box. And it's like, well, what's the point of the box? It serves a purpose, right? So our goal shouldn't just be to get outside of it. Um, obviously powerful, beautiful things happen outside of the box, but the point of the box in general, the why humans live our lives in a box is because it's safe and comfy and cozy in there. And what if we can create a box that has an opening that is a space that's safe and cozy and also to be explored? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of depth into it that I'm glad we're having this conversation because you know, we've slowly started putting it out there, but we haven't had like a unveiling. Well, we, we might soon on social media. Yeah. But this is a very complimentary conversation that will help our community understand why we made this change. Yeah. And I hope that they feel the invitation, you know, when I was talking about fonts and colors, being designed to make you feel a certain way is that part of that opening is to be an invitation and an an opening for people to step in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So on the topic of rebranding, we've been talking for the past several months about bringing in different types of conversations to this podcast. Nothing is set yet. It's still in the works, but I just want to give our listeners a heads up of what's to come. So one series will be led by Molly, our CEO. And the other would be led by you, Cassie. So could you share some of these ideas? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about this. This was born out of, I mean, I guess a couple of times since we've been able to all be together since the pandemic and we're sitting at tables and we're having these powerful, wild, twisty, turny, complex conversations. And I just feel like, Rachel, record this. It needs to get on the podcast. (laughs) Like these are amazing. And just some of the people that we have phone calls with and get access to for, I mean, there are amazing people in our community and incredible people that reach out to us all the time and that we reach out to as well. And I think just giving an opportunity for some of these conversations to be shared. One of those, which I'm very excited about, we haven't fully named it yet, so maybe I won't throw a name out there, but is an opportunity for Molly to invite other founders to the table to talk about their journey. I mean, there's some, I can never relate to Molly's journey as the founder of this organization. I very much feel like a founder in some ways, as I think we all do, because we just are fully in this mission. And there's something very unique about her experience And there are so many other founders in our community who have started, they had an idea, they put it on paper and they made it happen. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something that would be thrilling to hear her have a conversation with some of those people. Yeah. To hear about the challenges they face, to hear about their triumphs, to hear about just the journey and even where they are now, um, to inspire and just kind of give a space for other people that are in that place of thinking about that maybe they're still in the idea phase and they haven't yet put it on paper, or maybe they've put it on paper and they haven't yet made it happen. So having a channel where other entrepreneurs and founders and visionaries can come and sit and join and listen and learn from each other. So that's, that's a big, exciting idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know you're not completely set on what your series would be about, but 
if you want to share anything about it so people can get excited. Yeah. I don't know what mine's going to be yet. I've had a few different thoughts, mostly that the conversations I love having are conversations with the people in our network, in our community who have traveled with us, worked with us in some capacity and have experienced some form of breakthrough transformation through their own career, through their own understanding of what they're here on this world to do, through, you know, just accessing the power of impact, I guess. When you go on these trips, you realize how powerful you are. And I think Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I love talking to people and being with them as they discover their limitless potential and really getting, oh, I'm amazing. I am an amazing person and I can do big things in the world and I do not have to play small and I do not need to just clock in and get through life and I do not need to pretend to be something I'm not. And I just think those kinds of conversations could be really fun to have and really fun to share. That's, I feel like my purpose in the world is to invite everybody to be their biggest self. So something along those lines, having, having conversations about what's possible, you know, when one person steps up and everyone joins. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I think this is going to bring kind of a fresh air to the podcast. You know, we've been doing this for two years already. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun and we've been sharing so many different stories, but I think just in the way that you were talking about you know, growing up and evolving, this is a great moment for us to step outside of that box, step outside of that comfort zone and yeah. see what else we can do with this platform. So yeah, I'm excited to and to have, I mean, I think it'll kind of continue to create a version of the conversations we do have in the office and we do have in the field and being able to have myself and you and Molly just talking to all the amazing people we work with. Uh, through different different avenues will be exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone stay tuned for when this is going to be launched. We don't have a timeline yet, but we'll keep everyone updated. Yeah, perfect. Thanks so much, Rachel. Thank you, Cassie. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. We're very excited about this transition of growth as we continue to reinvent ourselves as an organization. What do you think of the Global Autism Project's new logo? Share your thoughts over in our online Global Autism community. Sign up today at community.globalautismproject.org. Let's work together to transform how the world relates to autism. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at autismknowsnoborders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please kindly rate the show and leave a review. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.